It's awesome stuff. Today we're going to, I'm going to share a message called Let the Nations Be Glad. Let the Nations Be Glad. We're actually going to read, was it Psalm, here at the end of, my, end of my notes, Psalm 67 at the end of this message. And that's where this title is actually lifted, Let the Nations Be Glad. We're still talking about the blueprint, God's plan for his church. And um, I, I want to talk to you for a few moments here about God's plan for the nations. God's got a plan for the nations. One day he's going to come back and he is going to rule the nations. Amen? And he is going to have a people out of every nation. You, you need to remember that. He's going to have a people out of every nation. He talks about, um, I forget exactly where this at, but he talks about the people of the crescent moon. I believe it's an allusion to the Islamic nations. And he declares that I'm going to have a people in those nations. He declares that in the prophets. Forget the exact reference. But he's going to have a people out of every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue. And one day he's coming back and he's going to establish his kingdom on planet earth. And he's going to rule forevermore. God's got a plan. In the meantime, we are called to bring forth a harvest in the nations. So we're going to talk about that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're all familiar with this, this uh, passage of Scripture. As, as we get started, I'm going to read two of the instances of the Great Commission. There are four instances, as I've said often. There are four instances, or five instances, I should say, of, of the Great Commission. One in each of the Gospels. And one here in the book of Acts. We're going to read that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in all of the earth. This is a pattern. This is, you, you realize that this is being spoken in the church at Jerusalem. And he said, I've called you to be witnesses here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So in your city, in your region, and into the nations. So here's a pattern. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Matthew chapter 28. Let's read there, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have to realize that the Great Commission is a call for the disciples of Jesus to reach the nations of the earth. That's the, the assignment that God has given us. Amen? I'm from San Antonio, Texas. When you think of San Antonio, Texas, you think of tacos. <laughs> That's what I think of. You guys think of the Alamo, right? What is, what is the Alamo? Many of you know it as a place where a battle took place, but it's actually a mission 
Do you know that? San Antonio is the missions city. They actually have a baseball team called the San Antonio Missions, except for one week of the, of the season when they changed their name to the, the, the fi- Flying Chanclas. Anybody know what a Flying Chancla is? Chancla is what a Mexican mother uses to discipline her child. It's actually, it's actually a flip-flop. <laughs> but one, one week of the baseball season, the San Antonio Missions changed their name to the Flying Chanclas. What, beware of the flying chancla. Mom knows how to get you. But when you think of San Antonio, you do. You think of missions, and there's more than one mission there. There's Mission Espada, Mission San Juan, Mission Jose, Mission Concepcion, and then, of course, the Alamo. I, as a child, I went on field trips to these missions, and I, I realized, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, I realized that I failed in our marriage not once, while we lived in San Antonio for, I don't know, how many years were we there? 14 years. Not once did I take her for the tour of the missions. I took her to the Alamo, the important one. But we didn't see the rest of the missions. I, I was reminded, I was listening um, a couple days back, I was listening to a, an interview. I was interviewed a couple of years back, a few years, I think it was three years ago, uh, by a gentleman named Mark Lugo on Impact Radio in San Antonio, Arizona, a local radio station there. I was in town. And he interviewed me about, about discipleship and about ministry, about what we were doing in our ministry. And uh, we got onto the subject of International Bible College, where I went to school. His wife went to school there as well. And he made this correlation of the fact that San Antonio was a place of missions. And a result of that, somehow, in God's plan, was that San Antonio became a great sending city. International Bible College, where I went to school, has sent hundreds of missionaries, literally hundreds of missionaries. There's a missionary on every single continent on planet Earth, except for Antarctica, from International Bible College. There are hundreds of missionaries, so active today, that were sent out of International Bible College. That has had a very profound impact on my life, going to school there. You, you could not go to school at International Bible College and not develop a heart for missions. I had a teacher, one of my favorite teachers, her name was Ruth Bell. My friend Matt Bell, I mentioned earlier, it's his grandmother. Ruth Bell and her husband, they pastored Destiny Church, the master, that Matt now pastors. But her father, Leonard Coote, established International Bible College. Leonard Coote was an English businessman who was working in Japan and was led to the Lord by a Baptist missionary, later had a Pentecostal experience, and he became himself a missionary to Japan. He would serve the rest of his life except for the time that he could not be there because of World War II and being expelled from Japan. He spent his entire life to reaching the Japanese people. I told our men yesterday that Matt, a couple years ago, went back to visit the churches that his great-grandfather had established in Japan. There's one church that's there in one of the cities there is a 95-year-old pastor there that his, his grandfather, his great-grandfather established as a pastor of the church who's still pastoring that church, opens the door of that church, has, since Leonard Coote established that church, opened the doors every single day of the year since that church was established. And he preaches the gospel of Jesus. When Leonard Coote was expelled from Japan, he moved to San Antonio, Texas, planted a church, 
which was at the time Emmanuel Temple. It's now Destiny Church that Matt pastors. And of course, with his heart and his burden for Japan, he began to train the people that he was reaching to become missionaries in Japan as soon as the war was over. That's how International Bible College, the school that I went to, was established. It was established as a missions school. So I, I had this, this beautiful lady, Ruth Bell, as a teacher. She taught my introduction to ministry. She taught my minor and major prophets classes. And she taught my missions class. She taught me the history of missions and the philosophy of missions. And it deeply impacted my life. Ruth Bell was actually born in Japan, raised a lot of her years in Japan with her father, went there with her husband after they were married and planted a few churches. There's actually a Bible college there, Iconium, another IBC, Iconium Bible College that Leonard Cute established in Japan. But Ruth Bell, she was a pastor's wife, but she was a missionary at heart. And she taught us that all of God's word was about missionaries and the mission of God, and that Jesus was indeed the first mission God sent to earth to save people from their sins. She just drove scriptures into us, like Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. It says, I will, decree, I, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. She taught us that this was God's declaration to his son Jesus but that he was fulfilling it through us. That we were to harvest and to bring in these nations the inheritance of Jesus, the possession of our King. Psalm 96, 10 through 11, Say to the nations, the Lord reigns, the Lord who is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the people, the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Psalms like Psalm 86, 9 through 10, all nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Not only did I learn missions from Ruth Bell, I also learned about missions from a lady named Nola Warren. Nola Warren was previously, back in the 1950s, a student at International Bible College. She, she married a man named Jerry Witt. They left after they graduated from IBC and they went to the mission field in Mexico, Durango, Mexico. And they, they served there for several years. He was a missionary pilot, her husband. And the Catholics hated the Protestants and shot his plane down. He crashed into the side of a mountain. They drug his body, he was still alive, they drug him to the center of the city and they beat him. And when the American envoy went in to, to find him, they found him dead, his dead carcass strapped to a pole. Nola Warren, after her husband died, determined she would stay in Mexico and she would continue the work that God had called her and her family to do. She would, a few years later, marry a man that would come in as a missionary she met named Frank Warren. And they would continue the work there. They would plant churches. They would establish a Bible college. Uh, her, uh, her, her grandson, Jerry Witt III, now 
is running that church and that mission, reestablishing a lot of the work that they did. There's an orphanage there, and they're working. I saw our friend Don Crabtree delivered uh, ovens. There are these cast iron ovens that he delivered to the wits this week that they, they will give to women there in the villages that they reach as a, a way to reach out to them and build a relationship with them, help them to provide for their families. And they use those as ways to get into those, into those villages. But I, I learned missions from these ladies. And, and when you hear these stories, the sacrifice, the things that, that these, these amazing, these are my heroes. I don't, I don't get too inspired by LeBron James or Michael Jordan or baseball players anymore. After you hear the actual stories of these heroes who have given everything, given their lives for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only did I learn about the Bible and what it had to say about missions, but we learned the history of missions. We learned about all of these great missionaries. And, you know, there, there's a lot of things that are lost. They're, they're trying to, to rewrite history today in America. And I don't say this to make a political point, but I, I want to make a missions point. American history is steeped in missions. Not only have we been for the last uh, 100 plus years a great sending nation, but America, the, the origins of our country, actually find its roots in missionary work. Uh, in 1627 to 1640, 15,000 mostly Puritans immigrated to America with the purpose of preaching the gospel. Men like John Eliot, who at the age of 40 set himself to learn the Algonquin language. When he had died at 84, he had translated the Bible into Algonquin. He translated many other Christian works into the language of Algonquin. And he had trained many Algonquin Indian pastors to do the work of the ministry. We lose that in our history. We need not forget that. Uh, it, it, it's, like I said, it, it is, our, our nation is steeped in missionary history. In fact, you can go and you can look at the, the, the seal. It's actually on the, the, I think it's on the flag of Massachusetts, but it's the seal of the colony of Massachusetts Bay Colony. And on that, there's, a, there's an Indian, and he is quoting Psalm 16, verse 9. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Because the call to come to America for many was a Macedonian call. We need not lose sight of this. We need not to forget this. Not only did these women, but you guys have met my friend David Cook. David Cook preached missions to us. He was uh, a lecturer at the Bible College almost his entire life. Pastors, uh, International Bible Church there at the Bible College campus now. Pastored that for about 23 years, I think it is now. But he had missions burning in his heart as well. He preached it to us every single chapel. Most of our chapel speakers were missionaries that were passing through town. Guys like Ron and Christy Bishop who I have to mention is responsible for my marriage. <laughs> Guys like David Sarar, we actually, as uh, one of our members in the church, actually helped David Sarar during the IMA conference. His, his car was, I think, over at the Nissan dealership, and one of our church members 
paid to get his car out of jail. <laughs> Steve Mills, who has done tremendous work in Kenya and other parts of Africa, actually has raised up Kenyan, uh, the, the Kenyan people now and sending them as missionaries. He, he's working um, over in, in the east now with those Kenyans, sending them into the east, uh, it, oftentimes Islamic nations, to serve as missionaries to those nations. Uh, David, uh, or Don and Amy Crabtree, I, I remember seeing Don come in as a, a chapel speaker. And I thought, man, wow, what, what this guy does is incredible. Little did I know that we would uh, be friends. And, and Don actually faithfully watches our live stream, or actually the, the archive, every Sunday evening I get texts from him with some obscure thing that I said during my message. He, he faithfully listens uh, to our Sunday message. So hello, Brother Don Crabtree. But Little did I know when I would see him, he was a hero to me at that point in Bible college, but little did I know that we would be friends, that he would drive the big yellow bird with my mom's, all of my mom's, the contents of my mom's home from Texas to Indiana. Little did I know that he would, he helped when my mom was living in Texas, he helped, he came and helped me put new floor in my mom's house. By the way, we had leftover floor that Don got. Don just purchased a new building for their ministry, and that flooring has gone down in that building. Isn't it awesome how God works and what God does? So I saw these missionaries. I saw their lives. I was in all these guys and the work that they did. Uh, every, every semester in, in February, we, every year I should say in February, we were out of school when we were in Bible college to go to the missions conference at Destiny Church. Destiny Church was the church that birthed International Bible College. So we would go to their annual missions conference. That conference has run now, I don't know, for 70-some years. And I, would, and I would hear all of these missionaries. I, would, uh, I was introduced to other missions conferences, like New Life Church. It's a small church, very small church, probably 100 people. Yet their heart for missions, they give tens of thousands of dollars every year for missions, and it's incredible to see that. I go to Elam Missions and Pastors Convocation which is on the south side of Houston, Texas. We go to an incredible missions conference called Red Carpet, the Red Car Carpet Missions Conference. Pa Pastor, Pastor Val, his heart for missionaries, he brings these missionaries into his church every year, and he spoils them. A lot of them don't have funds for a vacation, so he brings them to Walker, Louisiana, and he takes them to the best restaurants in Baton Rouge. He takes them, they, they toured Tiger Stadium, I think it's called, where the, the LSU Tigers play football. Uh, he, he takes them to the Tabasco Museum, just takes them and spoils them. Their church invests in those missionaries to give them a little bit of a reprieve and a break and a refreshing every single year. And it's amazing to watch that. There's, there's something that, that Don Crabtree actually calls the, the Wisconsin three-step. There are three back-to-back -back conferences. The first one's in Victory Church in, in Wapaka with Pastor Philip Thompson. The second one then is in Shell Lake, uh, Wisconsin, Shell Lake Full Gospel Church. And then the third one is at Northern Lights Christian Center, which is pastored by uh, Dr. Tim Warner, who's the chair of, currently the chair of International Ministers Association. But these, these three missions conferences, they run, they, they coincide, and missionaries can come in a 12-day period. They go to three different churches, and they, they, they use that. The church is fun. In fact, it, it's amazing. Two of these churches that I have mentioned, 50% of their annual budget is given to missions. It's incredible. 
One of the churches is actually spending more money for missions than they spend to operate their church. You know, you know what's sad? That in, in the United States of America, 85% of the funds that come into the church are spent in the church. Mortgages, light bills, staff, supplies. On average, in the United States of America, 15% of what comes into the church is used for outreach of any kind, domestic or foreign. That's got to change. It must change. The church does not exist for itself. The church exists to extend the gospel to the nations. And so that must change. I've come to know tremendous missionaries. Julius Morar from, from India. Ray and Rita Perez in Guanajuato, Mexico. They're building a tremendous church there. Uh, Dumit and Claudia Haidar in Chihuahua, Mexico. Jerry and Rachel Witt in Durango. They're, they're doing the work that their grandparents established. Sergio and Claudia Ramirez in Torreon. Sam Walker, Pastor Sam's actually, a, he, he pastors in Beaumont, Texas. But he, he runs a ministry called Agua Resources. They have, I think it's three drills where they go into these villages in Mexico. They work with the local churches and they go into these villages that don't have running water and they drill water wells next to the church so the church can reach the villages. Um, Doug and Angie Pittman who are reaching out to Europe. Travis and Gina Moffat. Javier and Danielle Mendoza. Uh, Connect Global Ministries, they're, they're, they're reaching Honduras. They're actually in the process of building a Bible college right now in, in Honduras to train the Hondurans to go to Islamic nations with the gospel. See, white people like me can't go to those nations, but we can train the black and brown people and send them, and they will be received in those nations. See, we've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. We've got to be smart about what we're doing. Um, Sean Alexander, who goes into to Nepal and Myanmar on, on mission trips. Wade and Linda Thompson, who have established a Bible college in Germany. Bobby and April Sayer, uh, who are working, they've given their life to, to go and work in Japan. Um, Bob and Darlene McCoy, working in, in the Philippines. The Goddards, who are running an orphanage in, in China. The Thompsons, who, who uh, are... are now third generations, Nathan and his sons are working there, but his, his father established the work. They're third generation missionaries in San Luis Potosi, Mexico. And they have a Bible college that they've established. They're also training the Mexican people to go to Islamic nations with the gospel. Uh, the Mortimers in, in Peru, they, 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 they floated a boat from Duluth, Minnesota, through the Great Lakes, out through the uh, Atlantic Ocean, all the way down to Peru. This was, I don't know, 50, 40, 50 years ago. They came out of Pastor Virgil's church, Shell Lake, Wisconsin, and, and they floated that boat from Duluth, Minnesota, all the way to per Peru, and those boats are still there. Now they're getting airplanes to go where they need to go in Peru. And there's three generations ministering there. Three generations of Mortimers ministering in Peru. Uh, the the, the Renales working in Ecuador. The Canars in, in South Africa. I know I'm rambling off a lot of names. You'll get to know these people. These people will be here eventually. These people will visit us. You will get to know them. You will hear these names. We need to pray for these people. Amen? We need to pray for these people.
And I got to mention these guys, the, 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 and they're actually retired now, but the uh, Amezcatas, that's how you say their name, the Amezcatas. And they, they worked, I love this. I look forward to going to the missions conference every year because Richard Amezcatas would get up and he would say, I'm from Zacateca, Zacateca, Mexico. That was the highlight of the conference for me. Just to hear him say, Zacatecas, Zacatecas. What's, what's the point? I, I want to establish in our church a heart for missions. Amen. Amen. Amen? I want us to begin to get a missions focus. We're, we're going to focus in on one nation. The, Lord, the Lord's showing me this. The Lord's giving me strategy. We're, we're not going to be buckshot. We're going to have a laser-sharp focus. Amen? We're, I want you to begin to pray as a church for the nation of Mexico. We're going to get a missions focus. We, we will expand one day. But right now, we're going to develop a missions focus for the nation of Mexico. Lord, put this in my heart. It's, it's been in my heart for a while. It really began to weigh on me this week. This morning when I woke up, I went, I was looking on Facebook, and a picture of Nathan and Jensen popped up on my Facebook feed. They were standing in Roma, Texas, with their back to the Rio Grande. Behind them, you could see uh, Ciudad Alaman, a city in Mexico. And it was just to me confirmation of, of what God has spoken to me, that we need to get a, a, a missions focus for the nation of Mexico. We're, we're going to begin to develop a missions culture as a church. It's going to take us time. One day, I'd love to be a church that can give 50% of its budget to missions. Amen. Amen. That, that probably won't happen in 2021. I'd love for it to happen this year or next year. It may, may not happen that soon. We're, we're going to be wise. We're going to take care of our responsibilities at home. We're going to pay off debts. We're going to advance our, our mission here locally. We're going we're gonna to build a strong local church. We're going to be a discipling church, an outreach church, a praying church, a worshiping church. We're going to do all the things that matter, and we are going to invest the resources we need to invest at home. But we're going to also expand our reach. Amen? And we're going to slowly begin to sow to the nations. Amen? Our, our approach needs to be like the Bible approach. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. There, there's a pattern there. We have to start at home. I've called you to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where it starts. Right? That's where it starts. Then in Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're, we're going to have this three-pronged approach. I want us to have a, a focus of, of missions locally, nationally, and globally. I believe this is a pattern that's in the scriptures. I believe it's a pattern that God's shown me for return church. We need to have a, a heart for missions, and it's got to be local, national, and global. Amen. Let's talk about the global aspects. I, I've made commitments here that we're going to focus on what we're doing right now, and we're going to get good at it. We have two great outreaches. And we may do some things on the side occasionally, other outreaches. But we're going to work to build the outreaches that we have at, at the Portland Life Center. 
and with our, our clothes closet here at Return Church. I would encourage every one of you to volunteer to be a part of that. I say this often, I'm going to keep, keep pounding the drum. Every Christian needs a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. You need a place where you serve in your local church, and you need a place where you're reaching people with the gospel of Jesus. There's a saying, if, if your gospel hasn't affected others, then it really hasn't affected you. If the gospel of Jesus has impacted your heart, it's going to compel you to tell somebody about it, to do something about it, to be the hands and feet of Jesus that minister to somebody that hasn't yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going we're gonna to build and we're going to work to strengthen our outreach here at home. So when we, we're talking about local missions, that's what we're talking about. I, I pray that we expand that. I pray that we have other ministries and other outreaches that grow out of this church here in our community, here in southern Indiana, over across into Louisville, and that we can make a deep impact into this, this metro area where we live. That's where it starts. But then we're going to expand. I believe Return Church is going to be a, a, a sending center. I heard somebody say one time that a church should not be judged on its seating capacity. It should be judged on its sending capacity. Amen? And listen, if, if, we'll, if we'll get busy about the sending capacity, sending people out, God will take care of our seating capacity. Our, our seating capacity will grow if we're sowing to the nations. If we're sending people out, this church will grow. That's the way that it works. I've seen it happen. These churches that I've, I've, I've listed off to you this morning, these are vibrant, vibrant churches that are reaching, they're, they're, they're sending. I'll take one for example. Shell Lake, Full Gospel. I don't know how many missionaries that they sent. I do know the Mortimers. I know that the McCoys, several others that they have sent out of their church. They've sent them from their church to the nations. Shell Lake is in, an, in, a, in a town that's less than 3,000 people. Their church is 400 people on a Sunday morning. That's significant. That church has flourished. Why? Because I believe they found the heart of God. And when you reach out in any way, God will bring harvest. My pastor taught me that. We used to do uh, outreach down, downtown San Antonio, the Alazan Apache Courts. We would go and do outreach. And we would see, when we were doing outreach, we would see in our church tremendous growth. And it would, they, the people would not come from the place where we were reaching out, doing the outreach, but they would come from all over. When you reach out, God will send people. It's a principle. When you sow, you reap. It's a principle. This church will grow if we'll sow to the nations. Amen? Praise God. So we're, we're going to raise and we're going to train people. We're going we're gonna to raise and we're going to train people. We're going to send people, I believe, all over the United States to plant. And I, I think maybe even more importantly, revitalize churches across the nation. 3,700 churches close every year in the United States of America. The years that Rachel and I have traveled, we have seen that the church is aging. We're not doing a very good job of reaching the, generation, the next generation. What's the answer for that? We've got to raise a generation of young leaders and send them and empower them to do the work of ministry. 
I want to raise up pastors who can go into these failing churches and do a work of revitalization. I believe we can do that here at Return Church. It will start with discipleship, one-on-one. It will turn to intern programs. Hopefully it turns into some kind of a school of ministry. And before you know it, we're sending people out to preach the gospel. So we need to think nationally. Pray for the United States of America. Don't give up hope on our nation. Amen? God, God hasn't. I don't believe that God's given up on America. I don't think that we should. We need to pray for our nation. God wants to do a work of redemption in our nation. I believe that. So thirdly, global. Global. This, this can really play out, I think, for all of us in three ways. Number one, we, we need to give. We need to give to missions. Amen? We need to support missionaries. It's biblical. John Bell, who was Matt's grandfather when he was pastoring Destiny Church, they would be in elders' meetings and, and John would deliver news to the elders. He'd say, we're, we're kind of in a pinch financially. We got some bills we got to figure out how to pay. And one of the elders, his name was Van Penner, and every time there was a financial crisis at Destiny Church, Brother Bell would bring that financial crisis to the elder board, Van Penner would make a statement, and here's what it was. It's time to make a missions, it's time to take a missions offering. Not it's time to take an offering to pay the bill. No, it's time to take a missions offering. And so they would take missions offerings when they were in need, and they would take up sums of money and send to the missionaries, and God would provide supernaturally for those needs. There is a supernatural power in sowing to the nations. I believe that. There's a blessing of divine favor on everyone who sows to propagate the gospel to the nations. I believe that. So that's, that's one way we can work. Number two, we need to take all of us need to go on some kind of a short-term missions trip. Have you ever been to a foreign nation? Man, it will change your world. I mean, I... I haven't, I haven't been to a lot of nations. I went to the UK. I mean, that's like close to America, but not really. But the culture shock and the things that I experienced, when you leave the soil of the United States of America is a real eye-opener. It'll do a lot for you to go to another nation. We're looking in the near future to providing opportunities for you guys to go on short-term missions trips. Man, we need to go. Could you take your vacation and spend 10 days in Mexico? Don Crabtree, right now, I was, I was talking to Don last night, texting with him. I asked him, what, what, what are the pressing needs in your church? They just bought this huge warehouse. In the middle of a pandemic year, God made, he's been trying to buy this building for like 10 years. God made way in the middle of a pandemic for them to purchase that building. It's a huge warehouse. It's like two miles from the border entry. He, he's in Eagle Pass. That, that building's in Eagle Pass, Texas. He's already got an established ministry in uh, Piedras Negras, Mexico. And he, he has a vision for this building to be home base, if you will, to where churches can bring their teams there. He'll have a, a, a training facility. He'll have a bunkhouse. And they'll be able to 
train people. You, you can sleep there every night, drive into Mexico and come back and spend the night back in Texas every night and go on missions and do work there. So I asked him, what do you need? He said, we, we need 10 grand right now. For, we're trying to finish off our, our women's pregnancy center that's gonna be in this building. We need people to come help us put it together to work, to build it out. And then I need another 120 grand for another piece of property next door that we need to purchase to make this thing complete. They need people to come down. He's, he's, re, he's remodeled, he just remodeled the, the, the apartment in there so his family can stay on that side of the border when they need to. But there's opportunity for us as a church to go there and do work that will establish a base to go further into Mexico. Other, other missions, other things. Don's, Don's already established churches in Mexico. He's established schools in Mexico. He's established radio stations in Mexico. It's incredible. We can be a part of those types of things. Can you imagine going in and helping to build an orphanage in another country? Or maybe going with uh, Roland Ashby, another friend of ours who goes into the trash heaps of Mexico where these kids are living there and making a living digging trash out of these heaps and building for them and their families actual homes. Can you imagine going to Mexico and doing something like that? I believe God's going to allow us to be able to do things like this. It's going to change our lives. It'll change your world. Do one trip like that, you'll get addicted to it. I've seen it happen over and over again. Not only short-term trips, but I believe God's going to raise up missionaries out of this church who will leave the comfort of their home and go to a foreign land and establish a new work. I believe it's going to happen. We need, in America today, we need a revival of the student volunteer movement for foreign missions. This happened back in the 1800s. It is, it, it's what fueled the modern American missions movement. During, during the student volunteer movement in the first year, 2,000 college students pledged their lives for the Great Commission. 25 years of the student volunteer movement produced 20,000 missionaries in the field. I pray this often, Lord, do it again. Do it in the millennial generation. I want our church to have an active role in calling, commissioning, and sending missionaries. The saddest thing that I see, I love going to these missions conferences, but the saddest thing that I see is that the missionaries are getting older. And there are very few young missionaries going to the field. We've got to do something to change that. We have to. We have to. You realize that other nations are sending missionaries to America now. Kids on our university need a revival. You know what we need at Return Church? We need an outreach to IUS. We need a campus ministry there. We need a college pastor who will go there and reach those people. Amen? And pull them out of some, vocational, some vocation that's going to make them miserable and send them to a mission that will fulfill them. Amen? Can you pray with me to see that happen? Can you believe God for that with me? Amen. We're going to see it happen. Amen.
we have a tremendous opportunity. We, we were able in September to host the International Ministerial Association's conference here. The IMA has a tremendous uh, arm of missions. I forgot the exact number, how many missionaries are, are under the banner of the IMA, connected to the IMA. IMA spends about fifty to fifty-five thousand dollars every year, or fifty-five, I should say, fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars. I asked Don last night; he's the chair of the missions board for the IMA. But about fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars a year that the IMA, an organization of pastors, is giving to missionaries. There's a tremendous opportunity there with the connections. Those I, I, I believe will just continue and, and, and further become deeper as we go forward in the weeks, months, and years ahead. We'll develop those relationships. We'll cultivate that. How many of you enjoyed having the IMA? How many were here for the IMA conference? We, did you enjoy that? How many of you would like to do that again? Amen. Unfortunately, we, we won't be able to host the IMA conference here. It's, it's in Denver in September. If you want to go with me, let's go. You're welcome. But unfortunately, we won't be able to host that this year, but we are talking about having a return conference. The purpose of that is to equip us as a church for the Great Commission. What does that mean? I want it to be a conference where we will be equipped. You've you got to understand this. Sit, sitting in Ruth Bell's class, she was an 80-something-year-old lady, old Pentecostal hair bun lady. She made a stand at the side of our desk. We, we, we said going to her class was like going to Sunday school. We had, to, we had to quote our memory verses. We had to sing an old hymn. And we prayed for a nation every single morning when class started. You can't go through what I went through in Ruth Bell's missions class and be content to live a normal life. That's why I can't just go get a job and make money. That's why I can't be a normal pastor who just wants to build a mega church and let everybody be impressed by my eloquent preaching and... I don't care if we're the coolest church in town. You know what I want? I want the power of the gospel. I want to impact nations. I want to see people call from darkness to light. I want to see people transformed. I want to see them receive a call of God on their life and go do the work that God's called and purpose for them to do. I want to see them grow in Christ Jesus. I'm not, I don't care how cool we are. I don't care how trendy we get. I don't care if we ever have a big light show or a, 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 a smog machine. <laughs> True story, I was Jesus' stunt double one time. That's what they called me. I, we, we had a passion play at our church. The only, we, we didn't have a smog mas machine in our church except for the passion play. And we had this smog machine, and I had to be the dead Jesus while Jesus was getting cleaned up so he could resurrect. So I had to lay in the tomb. They rolled the tomb away, this, or, you know, rolled the stone over the tomb and all this thing. And the fog machine was blowing. I'd be laying there in my back with the fog all over me. And then I'd take a deep breath and that fog would come in. And all of a sudden, they, they, they said they'd be out there in the audience and they'd see <laughs> a plume of smoke. <laughs> 
So no, I don't want a fog machine here. <laughs> I got way off track here, didn't I? But the return conference, it, it'll be a conference that equips us. We'll, we'll bring some of these men and women of God and let them tell you about what God's doing in the nations so we can get a bigger vision. We're going to bring men and women of God in here that will teach us how to make disciples, how to reach the lost, how to build a student ministry to reach a college campus. It'll be equipping going to build us as a church to be effective. Not so that we'll just feel good after the conference. Not that we can just get Holy Ghost chill bumps and go and eat after the speaker. That's all good. I love Holy Ghost goosebumps. But I want us to be equipped as a church. Amen? I know this hasn't been probably the most rah-rah message that I've ever spoken here. But I'm trying to impart something of culture. Heart, the heart of God, who I believe God's called us to be. These things are in the DNA of Return Church. I I was standing in, and I've shared this with you guys, but I was standing in Steve Manicky's kitchen talking to him about vision. This was when we were praying about coming here. And he said, you know, we wrote these things into our bylaws because we, we desired to see them come to pass. We made plans for these types of things. So this isn't the plan. This isn't the DNA for Return Church. Let's stand together. I want to read one last psalm and we're going to be done. I want to read this psalm. I want it to be a prayer for us. I want to read this psalm and then we're going to pray it through. Listen to this, Psalm 67. God, be merciful to us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. Think about that. That your way may be known on the earth. Your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God Our own God shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. This has got to be our vision for the church. It starts with blessing. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Why? Verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among the nations. We are blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. 
in the biggest pandemic this nation has ever experienced, our worst concern was where are we going to find toilet paper? We're blessed. Why are we blessed? Not so that we can consume it. We're blessed so that God's way can be known in the earth. So that His salvation can be known among the nations. That's why we're blessed. Amen? Let's pray this through. Father, we thank You. Lord, we thank You for Your blessing. We thank You that You caused Your face to shine upon us. Lord, I pray that we would not squander your blessing, but that we might indeed use it, that your ways will be known in the earth, that your salvation will be known among the nations, that all the people will praise you, that all the ends of the earth will fear you. Father, I pray that you would use us. Let Return Church be an instrument in your hands. Lord, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be preached in Clarksville, in Jeffersonville, in New Albany, in Sellersburg, in Charlestown, in Louisville, in Greenville, in Corridon, Lord God, in Indiana, in Kentucky, and to the states all across this nation, and Lord, to the ends of the earth. Father, empower us. Give us vision, Lord God. Would help us to take our eyes off of ourself and let us gain a glimpse of your vision, of your purpose, of your calling, Lord God, that all of the nations of the earth will glorify you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Steve.